Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Hey, good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. Um, today, two halves of the podcast, uh, very similar issues. We're talking about what's going on in the culture, in the country, in the world when it comes to truth being redefined. And we know it's happening all around us. I wish it wasn't. But how do we as Christians respond? That's the key question. Um, I've got a couple quotes that I'm going to get to. But first, in the second half of the podcast today, there's an update that's not surprising to those who follow the news. Several doctors in January 2020 told Lord Anthony Fauci that the COVID, uh, that COVID was leaked from a lab. That was in 2020. Then these doctors switched their opinion after speaking with Fauci and receiving millions in NIH funding, National Institute of Health. That's interesting. Also, what's interesting, um, I think we're going to get to this on Monday, Jesus Revolution, the film about uh, Chuck Smith, Calvary Chapel, finishes third at the weekend box office over last weekend, raking in $15.5 million, And it was in less theaters, a lot less theaters, than the top couple movies that Hollywood put out. Um, also over the Washington Stand, controversial transgender clinic pushed schools to affirm fifth grade girls identifying as boys. No surprise there. So on that topic, I want to bring in today's special guest. I love having her back, Linda Harvey with Mission America. Linda, thanks so much for being back in the podcast. Oh, thank you, David, for having me on. All right, well, let's dive right into this. We are on the same page. I was telling you before we got on the air, we both wrote a very similar article on this issue uh, within the last week, and uh, yours is called, Is LGBTQ Driving Rising Teen Mental Health? And I'm just going to open up and let you elaborate. It's you, you write, in the most privileged, affluent country in the history of the world, our young people are experiencing a sharp rise in mental health problems and suicide attempts. What could be more ironic? America's kids should be happy, healthy, Wholesome, brave, virtuous, respectful, and grateful. Instead, many are tormented and traveling down treacherous roads that will lead to further instability, physical risk, and long-term unhappiness. And spiritual darkness is consuming many of them. And it's no coincidence that there's also a sharp rise in teenagers professing LGBTQ identities. So, Linda, I wrote about the word identify because that's the big word now today especially among youth who are identifying as something other than what God created them to be. Please share your thoughts and we'll just walk through your article here. Well, David, I wrote this article. It's kind of a follow-up to, I've been following for a number of years, the Centers for Disease Control, you know, our largest federal public health agency. Um and their, what they call the Youth Risk Behavior Survey, which they give every two years to a selection of uh, public health students in private schools as well, some, some private schools at Catholic schools uh, all around the country 
to ninth to 12th graders, and they ask them on a whole range of issues what what their risks are. It's about sexuality. It's about nutrition. It's about violence. It's about bullying. It's about drug and alcohol use. And what happens is that they have started about 10 years ago asking the question, and I really object to this. However, it turns out to be, if we use it right, would be a useful tool. Mm-hmm. They ask kids to identify, do you, do you identify, as you said, more as heterosexual or lesbian, gay, bisexual, or questioning? They don't have transgender specifically in this. Mm-hmm. And then the issue is then they have all these other factors. Well, guess what? The LGBTQ kids... Uh, are far higher on all of these other risk factors. Have you ever had sex before? Did you, have you had sex with more than one partner? The drug use, uh, bullying, and so on. And then depression and suicide attempts. And so overall, all of our kids are reporting higher mental health problems in this survey from mm-hmm. the CDC. But the LGBTQ or LGBTQ kids are driving it and are way higher than anybody else. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but I mean, the, the, from a biblical perspective, once you reject God as creator, remove uh, the purpose and, and the value for every human life, kids, I mean, life is just meaningless then. It's just like, well, I'm just, my life is an accident and I can be whatever I want and this life is all there is. And that tends to breed hopelessness, doesn't it, Linda? It does, and also if you're misusing your body, mm. um, people have, a, I think, have a sense that they know that this is not what my body, I should be doing with my body, and it's like a, a pair of clothes that doesn't fit. They, mm. they're, you're just uncomfortable, and sometimes you can't even define what it is, but that's what's going on. Wow. God has given us specific identities and specific anatomies, male or female, for a reason, and we're to function within those. Well, anyway, so our, our, these kids are um, 25% of the LGBTQ uh, category, 25% of them, almost 25% attempted suicide, but 10% of girls overall attempted suicide. And this is a, a 10-year report uh, from the years 2011 to 2021. That's mm-hmm. the latest year we have figures for. It's just a dismal picture, and I believe it's more, much more promotion of the LGBTQ identities within schools and our yep. media yep. and they do will not stop this and will not analyze this as to what's really going on no uh, they cover that up it's conveniently they they don't want to point to anything negative about the lgbtq ideology and also in your article you say almost 70 percent of students in same-sex relationship reported feelings of sad sadness or hopelessness and there, I mean, no one, well, not, they don't want to connect the docs, the, ex, the experts, right? These that are doing the surveys and the media and the education system, they don't want to connect the dots. But we are trying to point out that this is a problem. And uh, Linda, do you, th- how bad does it need to get before people might start reporting on this honestly? Well, I don't know. But one thing that has to start happening is that people have to step back, the statisticians and the public health people, and stop with the the agendas and start analyzing what is best for kids. It is best for kids to be abstinent, and if they look at the long-term trajectory of homosexual and bisexual and transgender behavior, that is not optimal health. And even if you take the religion or 
faith out of it. It's not optimal health and well-being because of the, um, you know, the sex practices involved and other factors. And, of mm. course, the spiritual comes in there. They won't analyze that. But if they just looked at the fact that is there such a sharp rise, and that's another thing that I bring out in this article, such a sharp rise in the numbers of kids that are identifying this way, 15.7% as of 2019, and that's the last figure that the CDC gives, identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, that's the biggest category, or questioning. And then another uh, 1% to 2% are transgender. We know that from other surveys. And then yeah. when you get into young adults, Gallup tells us almost 20% of the young adult Gen Z Americans identify as LGBTQ. So we are, this promotion is resulting in people that are not born this way. I mean, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't get such a huge percentage if people were born this way, right? Mm -hmm. It's when the culture promotes it. That's what's happening, and it's destroying our kids. Uh, we'll talk about that in the next uh, next half of the podcast, how how exactly young people today are being programmed. And they are. It is conditioning, and it's heavy. It's coming at them from every angle, whether that be social media, uh, government, uh, corporations, Hollywood, and especially in the public schools. And, Linda, I just want to veer off your article and go over to your calendar on MissionAmerica.com, the School Corruption and Propaganda Calendar, and they just held a week or a little bit more ago, the National Day of Reading. Now, I want to just say most people would hear that and go, well, good, they're getting kids to read. But it's about gender confusion, as you point out. The Human Rights Campaign and, quote, welcoming schools join National Education Association to promote gender deviance and the LGBTQ ideology. What are welcoming schools and what is the human rights campaign and how does this all work into something that sounds so good a day of reading in the public schools well it's a day of uh the gender confusion agenda being promoted to kids it started out as a a place a day to highlight this very sad boy um well calls himself jazz jennings Mm, they de-platformed jazz jennings because uh, he has had so many problems with surgeries. He has gained a whole bunch of weight. He's trying to transition, you know, physically into a girl, which can never happen. And it has not gone really well. No, so we feel very sad. sad for this boy. We need to pray for him. Uh, he used to be, it used to be National Day of Reading with featuring Jazz Jennings. I well, am that's Jazz. Not it anymore. Yeah. I am Jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now they just have uh, books about little kids being able to change their genders and welcoming schools is a, a long-time cooperative venture between the National Education Association and the Human Rights Campaign, which is the largest homosexual transgender promotion group in the country. They have been trying to get all of this into elementary schools. It's their long-term project to get books featuring same-sex couples as parents and transgender identities in front of kids, and they've Mm. been very successful. There are many, many schools now that have this. all these these books that they've been promoting in the, their libraries and in specific uh, elementary school classrooms. These uh, So many teachers just have their own collections of books, and they mm-hmm. read them to kids. Yeah, uh, we report on this um, four days a week over at uh, Freedom Project Media. Guys, I encourage you to go to stayeducated.org. It is disturbing, and to my co-host over there, Katie Petrick, um, to us it's redundant. We t- talk about this every day. There's another... 
um, radical teacher. There's another problem in the classroom. There's more transgender kids, and there's more of these books. Public libraries across the country, I don't think parents understand, Linda, how to combat this because we're not talking about something in their classrooms. We're talking about the libraries in public schools and how do, how do books get in there? Well, it's a long, uh, long road. <laughs> they've been doing this for, yeah, they've been doing this for a number of years, trying to sneak in more and more, um, ideologically, you know, uh, progressive, uh, pro homosexual, pro gender confusion, pro abortion, uh, books. But it's, it's the fact that, you know, the bottom line is the bottom line. You know, publishers want to make money. Mm-hmm. They love to publish things that are sensational. The word gets around, and then uh, the American Library Association, which is in the pocket of the publishers, promotes this, and they shut everybody down who tries to criticize some of these books, which are beyond obscene. They are pure, unadulterated, um, uh, actually adulterated trash. Mm -hmm. And people try to stand up in, in board meetings and read passages. Well, we just had a case in Georgia where there was one mom who the the board shut down the school board shut down and she's won a a case against them for violating their own policy you have to be able to you know stand up in front of a a group and be able to speak openly Mm -hmm. that people need to understand what's going on and how many of these books are available to kids and how they are ruining and destroying our kids hopes and dreams and it's not censorship even if it was it would be okay Mm. uh to criticize these books yeah. There's censorship all the time in schools. You choose some material and you don't choose other material. So it's what what's the basis on which the material is chosen? Yeah, and all we can do, Linda, is keep keep raising awareness. You do a great job. Thank you for the work you do at Mission America. I think um, that what you do is very unappreciated, and you get the hits. You know, you get the attacks like like we do sometimes here. Um, but I want to in the, in this topic that we're talking about i want to get you or get your comments on a specific story that just came out and then i want to go back of course to your article and then talk about abstinence uh, sex education and why hardly any schools teach that but an 11 year old boy confronted a school board in maine last week or a couple weeks ago 11 year old why uh because there was a what we would consider pornographic or perverse book right in the front as he entered the library of his school. We're talking, friends, about middle school. All right? Not junior high, not high school. This is middle school. So the 11-year-old boy and his parents, of course, showed up to the school board meeting, and he confronted them and those who led that district, and he read out loud an excerpt from the content that was right there, for everyone, displayed on the library shelves at Windham Middle School. His name is Knox Zajac. Interesting name, but K-N-O-X, that's his first name. He read from a book called Nick and Charlie by Alice Osmond. I think you, you probably know who, about that book, Linda. And he found the book on display. And I just want to read a, what he... I'm quoting the young boy, 11 years old. And by the way, I'm not going to say quote everything, but he was beeped, bleeped, censored in a way where... Adults were at the school board meeting, and they beeped some of the words he used. And these are words that you can find in books at the middle school library. Quote, my back over my hips, I asked if he should take his clothes off. He was saying yes before I finished my sentence. He was pulling off my T-shirt, 
laughing when I can't undo his shirt buttons. He's undoing my belt. I'm reaching into his bedside drawer for a condom. Stop right there. And it goes on. It gets more graphic. These, this Obviously, it's about a sexual encounter between two young boys. And it should be noted that when he first checked the book out of the library, Linda Harvey, the librarian asked him if he wanted a more graphic novel version of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, and his parents said, this is the smut we're finding, and it's up to parents to, to sound the alarm about this. Linda, I want to get your thoughts on this and whatever you want to share on this topic. You know, it, there's so many things you think of. First of all, it's really sad that a boy has to read this. We, we're corrupting our children behind the scenes and now in front of the scenes in order to make our, our point. Mm. However, I guess um, that's maybe what it'll take. I don't know. We need to keep bringing this out and making, uh, uh, getting a lot of publicity on these books because the vast majority of parents, when they they see this stuff, they begin to go, Whatever their political persuasion, they'll say, wait a minute, no, maybe maybe for adults. Well, you know, we think no, not for adults either. But, you know, even, even some liberals will think that, but not for kids, not for kids. The, and the librarians are corrupted, too. The American yep. Library Association, Ugh. not every library, and I've run into some conservative ones who are just beside themselves. They don't know what to do. <laughs> but generally speaking, yes. that's the kind of people you get because that's how they're trained these days. Mm-hmm. They're trained, and the NEA uh, sends their marching orders down. And like you said, I think you made a good point that we didn't elaborate on about the public school textbook publishers and also just who makes the decisions on what what books are allowed in the schools and in the school library. That We could do a whole show on that and really get into the weeds, get into the details. But I want to go back to your article because what is one of the results of this as this poll, this recent survey of youth came out, almost 25% of this group – what group is that? Is the group of students who are LGBTQ identifying or in a same-sex relationship, feeling sad or hopeless. Almost 25% of this group attempted suicide. Imagine how many more think of it. And, and females are, I guess it's a larger number of females than males. And Linda, I don't know, like we said earlier, I don't know how far this has to go until people say, okay, let's start trying to analyze the cause. But here's one thing I want you to respond to. They often point the figure at Christians and those who believe the Bible and what the Bible teaches about uh, God-ordained marriage between one man and one woman and about sexual morality. Um, and they would blame us or for even believing a book that would say this is sin, this LGBTQ behavior and lifestyle, and they would point the finger, you're the cause of these suicide attempts. Linda, how do you respond? Well, it's, it's like many things. You grow, go into things with wrong assumptions, and you get wrong results, and mm-hmm. things just continue to deteriorate. They have ne- not considered... Many of these people have bought the idea that people are born this way. If you buy that idea, <laughs> yeah. you end up with thinking anybody that stops these kids from quote-unquote being who they are is like you're, it's like a racist. They really, most of the people in schools really believe this. So they believe they're on a righteous uh, cause. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is the, we have muted the option of change from this behavior. There's many thousands and thousands of ex-homosexuals. There are ex-transgenders. Their voices have been muted and silenced um, by these conversion therapy bans, is yep. what they call it. It's not conversion. It's just voluntary talk therapy. Yeah. We need to offer this option again in schools. If we're being inclusive, 
Those voices need to be heard, and that option needs to be heard, the fact that people are not born this way. No one is born in the wrong sex body or born to pair up with someone of the same sex in a relationship. Mm. So that's why there's so much dysfunction and discomfort. And until we start stop promoting this and creating more homosexuals from kids who are already have already have mental issues and disorders, until we stop doing that, we will not turn the tide of this mental mm. health disorder trend uh among our kids, uh, we, we, a, certain, a certain percentage of them, at least, we will mm-hmm. not be able to turn the tide on the suicides and all that. That's right. what's creating so much of the dis- discomfort. Yeah. I, I want to go to something else that you wrote about that is offered at some schools. And what happened in Ohio, you said good news, bad news, from the state audit on abstinence uh, sex education in Ohio schools, because we know that abstinence is not offered in, in most schools, and that's... I mean, the the safest sex is to abstain. But sh- share your thoughts on that. That's another article you have over at Mission America. Yeah, we we had the really uh, wonderful situation happen a year and a half ago, <clears throat> where the Ohio Department of Education is required now to audit schools as to what they're teaching on sex education. And we've had a law since 1999 that abstinence until marriage is the expected standard for teaching about sexuality. That's an amazing thing. I know that's rare among among, uh, many states today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what we were thinking, and I I and a number of other people had some input into that that happening at the Statehouse, and so happy that people responded and and made it happen. Well, now we've got the results. So we went through and made our own report from the Ohio Department of Education's report, and we have a lot of schools. We have 611 school districts, but well over 200 are teaching abstinence. Amazing. Interesting. But we have some of the, yeah, but we have about 20% of the student population in the larger cities, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, Toledo, uh, a number of others, that are teaching comprehensive sex education, which is, if you've heard that term, that is the type that promotes promiscuity, condom use, everything is uh, on the table, anal, oral, uh, vaginal, sorry to have uh, gotten people... Sorry, but that's right. too gross for no, people. It's, it's what the kids, what kids are, are getting. Teaching. Yep. Yeah, from middle school on. From middle school on. Many of these are Planned Parenthood-affiliated curricula, and they are told that everything is on the table as long as it's protected. Mm. This is why you have the very gross and graphic condom demonstrations that kids, that seventh graders in a mixed-sex classroom will be putting on a on a model uh, a, a, you know, a plastic model. They'll have condom demonstrations. Yeah. They'll tell you where to go get an abortion, hmm. and all of that, all of the LGBTQ and gender ideology nonsense. So hmm. it's it's horrible. But the thing is, is we we are, do still have some abstinence, and we are trying to hold people accountable because we now have information. Amen. Yes. Um, go, if, friends. If you didn't hear the podcast yesterday with Reverend Jim Harden from. Compass Care Pregnancy Center in Buffalo, New York. Um, you've got to go check that out and get that latest update. And in that, we talked about abortion and the the chemical abortion battle and what the, what is being promoted. Almost half of abortions now are this quote easy to use, safe and effective, safer than Tylenol. Some Democrats are saying chemical abortion. We talked about that. We also provided some information to you who can be informed on this, the ultimate guide to, quote, chemical abortion. So check out yesterday's podcast. Linda, you wrap up your article by saying one positive element measured in this survey was the level of monitoring by parents in a student's life. And unsurprisingly, the teens 
who reported more parent involvement were less likely to have these mental health struggles. Uh, Share whatever you will to encourage parents with that. Well, this is the encouraging part. I mean, it's not hopeless. If you stay involved with your with your child, and I have to say as a grandparent, grandparenting is very important too. If you are near your grandchildren, be involved in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but parenting, I mean, the, the kids that are involved with parents, there's not only accountability, but there's a feeling of they they know what is expected of them. They know... They have a hopeful future. They Mm. can see the example of their parents. They know they are loved. There are so many things about that. And if you're a Christian parent, you can convey those values to your kids. And so stay involved, and especially if they're in the public schools, you really have to be on top of what's being taught. But in every level of school, make sure Mm. you ask your child every day, what was the best thing that happened to you today? What was the worst thing? And go on from there. Open that dialogue. Yes, uh, we've got a couple minutes left, five minutes left with you, Linda. I, I want to just go back to your um, calendar, the propaganda calendar, school corruption, over at missionamerica.com, friends, Linda Harvey's website. Coming up at the end of this month, it's the Transgender Day of Visibility, as if they're not visible, you know, 24-7, 365. Um, they're celebrating this Transgender Day of Visibility at the end of the month. Then next month, it's the Day of Silence. And then it's the International Day of uh, against homophobia, transphobia, and biphobia. These are coming up on public school calendars, and they will be either celebrated or talked about or in some form or fashion called attention to in the government-run schools. So, Linda, just take us wherever you want when it comes to these things. Right. Springtime is um, because of the Day of Silence, which has been uh, going on for 25 years now, by the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network. And, of mm-hmm. course, it's a joke that these are people are silenced. These are the people with the biggest voices, exactly. and all the rest of us are silent. Exactly. Um, but uh, they have taken off from this and le- leading right into June Pride Month. Mm. And so many of these middle and high school homosexual and transgender clubs, which most of the public high schools have now, um, for kids you know, to join, they will be marching in the um, June Pride parades, if, if wherever they're held in June, many are not, some are not held in June, but many are. And these 11-year-olds, as you said, middle school starts at 11. They recruit. They will be, yeah, and they, they go and they they interact with the yep. all the other events, part of the, the Pride parade events. And, of course, the Day of Silence is the same thing. They have a big party at the end of it. It's called Breaking the Silence. Well, they have where there are community homosexual groups for kids in virtually every major city where no parental knowledge or permission is needed or required. And that's true of the pride parades. Almost always they don't they don't check to see if you're you know, if, if your child is involved and down there associating with all these people and and all these adults. And so, you know, you've got many problems with all of this, the corruption of kids and we have let it go because mm. as, a, as the church, we have not objected. You wrote that wonderful book, your wonderful, wonderful book, David. Uh, we have to stand up as the church yes. and say no, and we have to not be afraid to be mm. called names. We have to say no to this in our communities, in our schools. 
Thank you, Linda. I'm thinking when you say, you know, we have to stand up and, and, and endure the name calling, I'm thinking of our brothers and sisters in Christ in different countries who are literally having their homes or churches burnt. They're driven out of their villages. Some are killed, family members killed, beheaded for their faith, for being Christians. And we're, and we don't want to be called uh, intolerant or homophobe or whatever. I, I, come on, we need a backbone. We need to stand on the truth of God's word and stop apologizing for the inerrant scriptures that we, our faith is based on. Just, just your final thoughts in the last two minutes. Well, yeah, and the, what's happening within the church? We have to stop allowing the voice that says that the self-identified gay, but oh yeah, I'm celibate. Yep. or the transgender person, into our church and give them a platform. No, mm. no identity as sin is ever endorsed in Scripture. That Those are behaviors nobody needs to do. They are not born that way. That is creeping into churches yes. everywhere. We need to say no to that. Oh, Linda, you opened up another can, and now we're going to have to eventually get into that one. <laughs> the churches, <laughs> no, seriously, there are too many compromising churches waving the rainbow flag outside the door. Why? Because they're welcoming Oh, Linda Harvey, we didn't even get to a DEI that's spreading like a cancer no. across college campuses and uh, into high schools. But we, we love your work. Thank you, missionamerica.com. Uh, we will talk to you again in the near future. God bless you, sister. Well, God bless you for all you do, David. Thank you so much. Thank you. Praise God for, for you and for others um, that are doing that kind of work. Friends, we've got to go where the battle is. We can't wait until the battle comes to our door and when I mean our door, I don't mean your home. I mean the, the church door because it's in. It's in because why? A lot of these kids, they go to the public schools. They're influenced by the agenda, the curriculum, Hollywood media, Democrat Party, and, of course, their peers, their friends. And then they come to church on Sunday, and they're influencing your children. We'll talk about that. Uh, when we come back, that headline I read at the top of the podcast about uh, – the doctors that told Fauci that COVID was leaked from a lab, they switched their story after they received some funding from the National Institute of Health. And the most programmed generation in history, Gen Z. We'll dig into the details when we come back on Stand Up for the Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth. Well, we did mention an article, I think, last week that really goes into the topic of what Linda and I were covering here. 87% of books removed from Florida schools were pornographic, violent, inappropriate. 87% of books. This is one state... And it's because of one administration and one conservative governor who wants to help protect kids. Um, the books were pornographic, violent, inappropriate for students' grade levels, according to the district data submitted to the state's Department of Education. 23 out of 56 school districts reported that they had removed a total of 175 books, while um, 33 districts said that they had not removed any books. According to the data, this is done over at the Daily Signal, if you want to get more of that. But uh, the WashingtonStand.com did this article a um, week and a half ago. But, yeah, so they're trying. Some people are trying to fight back. Now, 
what we talked about before we get back into the programming of Generation Z, and there's some fascinating history here, friends, that goes way back. Fascinating history. I want to talk about the doctors that said in 2020 that the that um, COVID was leaked from a lab. Um, I don't remember if they said China or not. But anyway, the GOP-led House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic Investigation um, kicked off its first public event a couple days ago. Three of the event's witnesses, doctors, and it mentions their names, um, were invited to testify. One doctor, um, Macquarie, shared the obvious about the COVID vaccine being released from a lab in Wuhan. Quote, it's a no-brainer that it came from a lab. At this point, it's impossible to to acquire any more information, and if you did, it would only be affirmative. And then going on, the article over at the Gateway Pundit reported um, that uh, another doctor who also awarded over 16, was awarded over $16 million in grants and funding, he received that, after changing his stance on the COVID lab leak in 2020, after he spoke with Dr. Fauci. This past week, it became common knowledge that COVID was created in a lab in Wuhan. I mean, we even mentioned an article a couple days ago that uh, from, the, from COVID most likely originated in a lab. That was concluded by the U.S. Energy Department, the Department of Energy, DOE. And this was reported in the Wall Street Journal. So, you know, you know, told you so, or, you know, we get no joy in doing that and saying, hey, another conspiracy theory was not a conspiracy. But many doctors knew. They knew. But individuals like Fauci that was given power, an unelected position of power and influence, did their best to cover it up. And the next question is why it was released. The media still has some catching up to do. They are complicit in this. But uh, the Gateway Pundit reported again on the possibility that uh, CCP dropped COVID because President Trump was destroying the Chinese economy with tariffs and policies that encouraged American companies to move their businesses out of China back to the U.S. So they hated what Trump was doing, and uh, China had to do something. And it looks like they had been working on that plan to unleash COVID for years. So that's over at the Gateway Pundit. Go read it for yourself if you want the details. It's a very short article. I mean, it, because we already knew a lot of the information, so it doesn't have to be a lengthy article. Okay, now let's talk about the most programmed generation in history. Is there any doubt Generation Z, some would say the most brainwashed, by the way. Why? Because the latest news from Gallup, a Gallup poll, uh, says the number of people identifying as LGBT has doubled in the last 10 years. And those who are under 25 years old are driving the numbers. As we mentioned with Linda Harvey, the word identify or identifying is key here. So in our cultural Marxist moment here, uh, it's been over a half century long effort to deceive American youth, deconstruct morality, destroy family values, along with Judeo-Christian influence, groom school children, children, 
redefine truth and train up an army of godless, rebellious young people. Some young people make it through unscathed. If they come from a Christian home where they have very active and involved parents, and um, that's a minority, unfortunate minority of people uh, get out without, without this godless influence. So I often bring up my great-grandparents' generation. I wonder what percentage of Americans identified as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. I think we can all guess with great accuracy, almost zero. But according to the new Gallup poll, 7.2% of U.S. adults identify as LGBTQ today. 7.2%. We have a population of, what, 334 million in America. What's 7.2% of that who identify? Now, Gallup first began reporting on LGBTQ identification 11 years ago in, in 2012. And at that time, the number they came up with with was 3.5% of Americans. So it's doubled. Now, while researching this, I came across an article at the Christian Science Monitor called Gays on Primetime. This was 22 years ago. The article was from 2001. It talked about the rapid increase of television programming as gay themes and characters were changing the TV landscape in 2001. Think about what happened before that. I mean, I don't know all the, I can't think of a lot of them. I mean, Ellen broke out in 1997. She came out of the closet, so to speak. Very popular. Uh, Ellen, we had Will and Grace, which uh, Joe Biden says taught us all we need to know about sex. Um, I know it was another one of those idiotic statements. And other, you know, gay characters and, and, the programming that happened in the 90s. Well, now let's talk about some of the factors involved here leading us to this noticeable uptick in uh, young people identifying as LGBTQ. Linda Harvey just mentioned you've got the indoctrination in the public schools preparing kids and also recruiting kids for the pride parades coming up in June. Every year, the LGBTQ pride for they're growing. Why? Well, they can't think about this. I, Steve Smotherman, I got to give him credit for this quote. He said, they cannot reproduce, so they have to recruit. They recruit children, young people. Factors involved, Hollywood, liberal media, the Antichrist education system, not all teachers, not all educators, the system, pushers of DEI, that's diversity, equity, and inclusion. You'll hear more and more and more of that. We've been talking about that for quite some time. DEI. Also, wokeness, leftist politicians, the 2015 Supreme Court decision on, quote, gay marriage. Also, big tech social media, rebellion against God and parental authority. But here, a few reports uh, analyze the massive influence on kids by their friends. Remember I mentioned that your Christian kids... You can raise them right and do everything right at home and spend a lot of time getting involved with what they're teaching, what, what they're learning, I mean, what they're being taught. And then you send them to school and all of their friends or a majority of their friends are into LGBTQ ideology, pornography, evolution, climate change, um, social justice, and the list goes on and on. This is the sad truth. Author and conservative talk show host Dennis Prager. 
says uh, teens, young adults, have been deeply influenced by their peers. He said the chances are good for your son or daughter to identify as LGBT if they go to a big city public school. That's true. I think it's about half in the big cities. Now, judging from recent reports, however, small-town schools aren't far behind. Think about it. Same ideology across the country, same teachers' union, same curriculum, same type of books in most, most, most public school libraries. Media messaging is the same, social media, indoctrination. Also, it's just a different town or a different population. Think about it. Not only is it trendy, but if you're a, a middle school, junior high, if you're a teenager, you score popularity points when you bow down to the gods of the LGBTQ ideology. You're cool to your friends, right? That's the popular thing to do now. It's rebelling against the truth. But obviously, politics plays a big role, um, right? Think about it. Presidents don't light up the White House in rainbow colors for nothing. It sends a message. And Dennis Prager adds, quote, what the left is doing to this country is destroying it. It's as simple as that. And if you vote for the Democrat Party, you are participating in the destruction of the country and the consequences to your children and grandchildren. So back to this poll from Gallup. A key takeaway is the growing presence of Generation Z when it comes to embracing these new identities. Again, they weren't around in my great-grandparents' time and generation. So it's not a newsflash to say Gen Z is more likely than any other age group in history to identify as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or other. That's right. On these surveys, they're checking other instead of checking uh, you know, the way God created them, normal or hetero- heterosexual, they're checking, oh, other. I could be anything. It's just not heterosexual. So Gallup showed 75% of Gen Z respondents called themselves heterosexual or straight, 75%. If you compare that to older other generations or older adults, it's over 92% that say they're straight or heterosexual. Now, Gen Z, for those of you that are confused about the uh, baby booners, the the, the X, the millennials, uh, Generation Z includes adults born between 1997, I think that's the year that Ellen broke out, and Oprah was, you know, top, top of her game, preaching the new age and feminism and ra- radical ideologies against Christianity. Um, so between 1997 and 2004... If those people were born between those years, 97 and 2004, that was considered Generation Z. In that age group, nearly one in five consider themselves part of the LGBTQ community. That's almost 20%. So this is expected to grow because younger generations will make up a larger share of the total U.S. adult population in very short in a short amount of time. So the last couple of generations in particular we can look at. We've mentioned a lot of the influences. But they have been conf- they have conformed to the world, to secular culture. They were taught to reject God, to believe in evolution. They bought that lie, which is now why we see moral relativism and postmodernism ruling the day. Over at the Christian Post, uh, Ryan Foley said this, The trans-identified population 
has become a significant focus in American public policy as it's, as states, American states take measures to require student athletes to compete on sports teams that correspond with their biological sex and some states banning the genital mutilation of minors with gender dysphoria, end quote. These are things most of us would never have imagined having to legislate in government, and yet here we are, and this is part of the battle we have to fight. So elections have consequences. Now, there's a vast difference between the feelings of young people today, the worldly philosophies that they've fallen for, and facts, F-A-C-T-S. Keeping it in perspective, though, um, we've got less than 10 minutes here. Those identifying as queer, asexual, pansexual, or, quote, other, they actually, that's actually a category. Um, listen to this in perspective. This movement, those identifying as these things, it accounts for, according to the U.S. Census, 0.1% of the overall population. Stop. You may be saying, wait, what? That's all? That's all. This is a great example of a nonstop, effective marketing campaign. Now, we will say it's the marketing of evil. If you're a Bible-believing Christian and you adhere to the biblical worldview, we know that this is wrong, this is sin. To And, boy, we know what the Bible teaches, what Jesus himself said about leading children astray. It would be better for them to have a millstone tied around your neck and be drowned um, pre- the president of the Ruth Institute, jo- Dr. Jennifer Morris, said the increasing percentages of young people labeling themselves as LGBT cannot possibly be due to genetic factors. There cannot be an outbreak of a genetic condition. And the American Psychological Association also admitted that there is no consensus among scientists about the exact reasons an individual develops a bisexual, gay, or lesbian orientation. If you miss any of this, you can check it in the podcast blog today at StandUpForTheTruth.com. The article is called The Most Programmed Generation in History. I reported several months ago uh, that even though the agenda dominates culture, the numbers don't add up because it's not a majority Right? As we reminded you, it's under, you gotta understand the facts. According to the U.S. Census, the United States Census, same-sex married couples only consist of 0.9% of American households. You read that right. That's nine-tenths of 1%. Okay? That's quite a small number, if you think about it. But look at the massive influence. It's everywhere. Because that's what the media, Hollywood, globalists, and the Democrat Party wants you to believe. It's everywhere. It is the majority. But it is not. Let's continue to talk about the truth here. Who needs higher numbers when you have such widespread influence? Genesis one twenty eight, of course, um, God blessed man and woman, saying to them, Be fruitful and multiply. A homosexual 
couple cannot be fruitful and multiply. They have to find some other way. Now, of course, with technology and modern science and other ways, one of the most sickening and disturbing photos I've seen over the last year was a former presidential candidate on the Democrat ticket, Pete Buttigieg. They call him Mayor Pete. He was a mayor in Indiana. Now he's in the Biden administration, transportation secretary, I think. Him and his boyfriend, his husband, were in, be- in a hospital bed holding two young babies, newborn babies. They were in a hospital bed together, two men, Pete Buttigieg and his husband, holding two young babies. In light of that, I'm going to read Genesis 1.28 again. God blessed man and woman, saying to them, Be fruitful and multiply. So again, the homosexual left cannot reproduce so they have to recruit and they have to use effective marketing of evil. That photo would, to anyone probably under 30 years old today, that photo would be celebrated as a happy family. Again, Mayor Pete Buttigieg with his husband in a hospital bed and they are both each holding a young newborn. How that happened is another story. Right, artificial insemination and other things. Here's where we are today in the United States of entertainment and the world, worldwide, actually, this delusion. Um, You know, Romans 1 keeps coming up over and over and over again. Read the second half of Romans 1 in particular. But back to this, forces of darkness have easier and greater access to young kids today than ever before in history. I'm going to read that again. Forces of darkness have easier access and greater access to young kids, I'll just say children, than ever before in history due to the internet, due to the education system and what America has allowed to be the infestation of evil ideologies in the education system. So they have access to American children, even in public, not public school libraries, but public libraries, small town community libraries. The drag queen story are our phenomena. Who, who saw that taking off just 10 years ago? Who saw that coming? That they would be using and promoting themselves at public school libraries, men dressing up as raunchy, sexualized women putting on a show for young children and their families at public school libraries. Who saw that coming? So what's our part as Christians to preach Jesus, the only one who saves? Preach the truth, protect children, understand the times, be discerning. And friends, if you care, expose this evil. Ephesians 5.11, do not participate expose these deeds of darkness because evil is being called good. Isaiah 5.20 comes up again here. So the word identify. Um, Most of these same young people, if left alone, they will grow out of this, this identification 
with the LGBTQ ideology. They will do their experimentation. They maybe try try some things sexually. They maybe get, you know, have problems, have issues, maybe catch a disease, maybe get someone pregnant, maybe have an abortion, maybe even do uh, some sort of hormones or surgery. But most of them will grow out of it if left alone, but they're not left alone because of the programming of our culture, because of the programming we're seeing that's clearly across every spectrum in the public square, and even at home if you have an iPhone or computer. So parents, I'm sorry, uh, these are the times we're living and you've got to be more active. Yes, it does take more energy and effort and work, but I know you care about your Christian children, your, your kids. I know you care about them more than Hollywood, the Democrat Party, the educators and indoctrinators. I know you care about your kids more than anyone. Other than God, God cares more. But but you, that's that's a privilege and an honor you have until they are eighteen years old, um, and then you can let them go, and then they're on their own making their decisions, and hopefully they are prepared for that. So I'm going to look at. I don't have enough time to go to another article, but there's another good one I pulled up. I think this was from actually a couple of years ago. A lot of people don't like uh, Dr. Michael Brown. Um, for different reasons, meaning the NAR and, and, but I like the articles that he writes. Uh, I think they're over at either the stream. I think it's the stream. Um, but I like what he talks about. And he really goes back and digs in some of the history on how we got here and what happened. Um, where does it say back in, um, 2011? Um, he talks about one in 10 people were gay, according to the gay activists. That's That's false. One in ten people? You know, 10% at that point? No. But anyway, there's an article that he wrote called Why Do One in Six Generation Z Adults Identify as LGBT? So he anal- he breaks it down, analyzes that. That's a good article, too. So there's a, lo- there's a lot of information out there if you want to get this. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to get into this. I, Abigail Schreier has done some wonderful work. By the way, Chris Rufo, Christopher Rufo, um, look up these two. Abigail Schreier, her book is called Irreparable Harm, a book that Amazon will not allow them to advertise. (laughs) So you can find it, though, Irreparable Harm. Um, Also, Ryan Anderson uh, wrote a book called When Harry Became Sally. And that's a book that Amazon banned. Chris Rufo does some amazing work from the university level down to the K through 12. Um, Chris Rufo, look him up on Twitter. Um, his website, I believe it's ChristopherRufo.com, but just amazing detail on this DEI explosion. Again, what is DEI? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. There are now public institutions, colleges that are adopting this radical program that condemns the United States as a system of white supremacy. It pushes ideologies like LGBTQ and so many others, social justice activism. So look up Christopher Rufo and follow him as well. All right, end of the show already, end of the week. Coming up Monday, Pastor Randy White. We will be talking about revivals, homeschooling, The Jesus Revolution movie, among other things. 
author and columnist Selwyn Duke at the New American Magazine. He's on Tuesday. Um, let's jump into Thursday. Todd Nettleton, Voice of the Martyrs, is with us. Friday, John Haller is back. J.B. Hickson, Jay Seeger, Natasha Crane, and more coming up. God bless you. And as always, friends, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.